Hey, we've been in a, uh, a series, <clears throat> Pastor Ken has been leading us through in the last uh, few weeks, uh, called Last Days, and, um, uh, and so what we're going to be doing today is kind of a continuation-ish off of what we heard last week. Pastor Ken talked about uh, Mark of the Beast and Antichrist and you know, all those fun and exciting things in the last days, but, but the, the predominant theme for last week was that God is in charge. And Jesus, Jesus wins, Jesus reigns, Jesus rules, right? And so, uh, so what we're gonna, what Logan, our drummer, is gonna be uh, doing with me today is we're gonna be uh, sharing three different names of God with you today. And Logan's gonna kick us off with El Elyon, and then I'm gonna come back up with Adonai and El Roy. And so we'll give you some more information on that uh, here shortly, but uh, just wanted to kind of give you a layout of what you're going to be experiencing this morning, because you're like, you people look different than Pastor Ken. And yes, a little bit, yeah, the, the, yeah, with the, and the, uh-huh. So, um, so without further ado, I'm going to hand things off to Logan, and he's going to introduce you into El Elyon. Good morning, church. So as Pastor Aaron just said, I'm going to be talking about El Elyon. This is a little different. I'm used to like hiding and then hiding more in the back. So this is a little, little interesting. But we're going to talk about El Elyon today. And first, we're going to talk about nicknames. So I'm sure nicknames. Each one of you in your life have family and friends that have nicknames. Or maybe you have a nickname. Nicknames are super popular. It happens all the time. Usually, it comes after an event, after an incident. Something that commemorates something. Maybe it was something good. Maybe it was something bad. Maybe it was something funny. Maybe it was something serious. Usually nicknames come out of an event to give recognition to something. So like we see nicknames throughout um, all kinds of especially sports. And I love sports. You got Tom Brady, the GOAT. You got Deion Sanders, Primetime. You got Jerome Bettis, the bus. We have so many nicknames. There's Honest Abe. And sometimes a nickname even sticks so well that you can't even think of the person without thinking of the nickname. Like Babe Ruth. I was told in between services that his first name was George Herman, not Babe. That was, that was news for me. <laughs> but, so we see a similar thing happen with God, and we're going to talk about that today. So if you could turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Daniel 3.26. So while you guys are turning there, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of backstory to this. So um, in Jerusalem, uh, the, everyone was, you know, living life, having fun, and then all of a sudden, King, not King, uh, Babylon comes in, and they carry off a bunch of the uh, people, right? Um, you might know one of the men that they carried off. His name was Daniel. He's uh, very popular in the Old Testament. But there were also three other men that we're going to talk about today a little bit. Their names were Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, or you might know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men, young men uh, were... Uh, going about their day, and then King Nebuchadnezzar decides he wants everyone to worship him. And so he has this huge statue put up, and he's having everybody bow down, but everybody does but three young men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're not going to do that. We only bow to our God. So King Nebuchadnezzar gets kind of upset, and he does what we all do when we have troubles with someone. He throws them right in the blazing furnace. So throws them in there, and then he expects them to be burned up, because that's, that's normally what fire does. But instead... We see this miracle take place where not only are these three young men alive and well in the fire, there's a fourth man in there too. So we pick up in Daniel 3.26. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out here. Why is that important? El Elyon translate to, translates to God Most High. It means the Most High God. So in this instance, we see a man that wasn't even following God. He was having people worship him. But then in this time, he sees something so great that he, in recognition, says, oh, I'm out of my depth here. Your God is most high. Your God is higher, higher than me. So it's the term of recognition in this, uh, in this instance. There's another story in Genesis 14, 18 through 20. The story behind this is there's a man named Abram, and he has a nephew named Lot. Lot is living in Sodom with his family, and around Sodom there's all kinds of warring nations, all kinds of fighting, and Sodom gets kind of caught in the crossfire. Lot and his family get carried off. But Abram decides he's not going to just let that happen. He gathers up his friends and, um, I guess, the people that knew how to fight well enough, and they all go off to battle, and amazingly, God is with them, and they end up bringing Lot and his family back. And that's a crazy story. All is warring, and he's able to go in and save his family. So as he's coming back, we read this in 18, verse 18. Then King Melchizedek, Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. He blesses Abram and said, Blessed is Abraham, you know, Abram by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth. Again, we're seeing this instance where Scott has come through and done something amazing, and we use this name, El Elyon, God, you are most high. They're recognizing him. They're recognizing his rightful place. But El Elyon isn't just a nickname. It's not just a name we place on God and he lives up to it every once in a while. No, Eight names mean so much, especially back in Bible times. We see, that's why things like John 142, that was such a huge deal because Jesus has his disciples and one of his followers, Simon. And he goes to Simon, he says, Simon, I'm changing your name to Peter. He changes him from Simon to Peter, and now you might think this is weird, because if you come up to me after service and you're like, your name's Logan, but I'm going to start calling you Josh. I'm going to be like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. But in this instance, Jesus is making a bold statement. He's saying, this is who you are. This is who I'm going to turn you into. I'm turning you into Peter, my rock, who I will build the foundation on. This is a bold statement. Another really cool story is when God changed Jacob's name. Now, Jacob meant deceiver. Now, names meant so much, it was part of who you were. It was part of your identity. The meaning of your name was who you were. Jacob's name meant deceiver. And if you know the story of Jacob, one thing he did very well was deceive. He deceived to get what he wanted all the time. He was always deceiving. But God, after wrestling with him, he changes his name. He says, this is who you are. This is who you're going to become. He changed him from Jacob, the deceiver, to Israel, which means to prevail with God. This amazing instance of God taking these bold statements and changing them, right? So El Elyon, it's a name, but name means so much more than just a nickname. It's who you are. God is incapable of not being El Elyon. God is God most high. So back then, there were all kinds of pagan nations, and they would worship all these gods. You know, they said, oh, we know we got a God of the sun, got a God of the wind. Uh, we should have a God of marriage and of prosperity and of this and that. And obviously, when you have that many gods, you have to have one to rule over them all, you know, not too many hands in the pot, right? And you have somebody ruling over all of them. So they use this term, El Elyon, that, well, you know, these ones, they don't, he barely counts. But this one, he's most high. He's the one, you know, rules over all of them. But we start to see a trend where there's followers of Jesus using this name for our God, 
the one true God saying, God is most high. He's, he's higher than, he's not on the same level as these pagan, these false gods, right? So God is most high. El Elyon. What does that mean? Why does that matter to us today? I'm going to read you 2 Samuel 22, 14. It says, the Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot arrows and he scattered them. He flashed streaks of lightning and threw them into confusion. Then the ocean floor could be seen. The foundations of the earth were laid bare at the Lord's stern warning, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. So you might read that, and if you're anything like me, you're like, whoa, does God have a bad side I didn't know about? Like, this is crazy, right? God is Most High. El Elyon is used in here as showing his superiority. God is most high. Even the earth is laid bare when he wants it to be. But we see this. This is a terrifying display of power. The most high is a mighty warrior. He cannot be stopped. But I'm going to turn to Psalm 91, this beautiful psalm that David writes. It says, Who, Whoever lives under the shelter of the most high will remain in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is the one who will rescue you from hunter's traps, from deadly plagues. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge, and his truth is your shield and armor. So first of all, we saw, saw this display of power, but now we're seeing Most High being used in the same sentence as shelter. It's being used showing that, yeah, that Most High God, guess what? He's a mighty warrior, and that mighty warrior sees you, and he fights for you. He fights for me. He's fought, and he has won. He won it when he died on the cross. El Elyon sees and fights for us. He's a mighty warrior that we can trust. Not only that, he's a mighty warrior that fights for us. Elyon is not just a temporary nickname. It's an attribute of God. We need to remind ourselves of this. That's what speaking the name of God does. That's what saying El Elyon does. It reminds us that, oh, God, you are most high. It helps us recognize that he is most high. It helps us trust him more. Because sometimes we got to remind ourselves, well, if he, if he is most high, not even the earth could stand against him, nothing in the universe, no power in the universe, then why, why can't I trust him with things in my life, my most precious things? We have to remind ourselves of that. That's what speaking El Elyon does. God doesn't need reminded. We need reminded. And the last thing is El Elyon is most high, but are we living that out? Because especially in modern Christianity, we have a very, pro very big problem of, God, you're most high. On Sunday before the, before the game. After that, well, you know, we got more important things. We got the game, you got Wendy's afterwards, then you got, you know, card game at the end of the day, and then the week I've got work, and you got all of this, you got all of that. So often we forget that God is most high, but we have to, we have to work to keep him in most high. That's where he belongs, but are we living that out? See, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. My dad was born and raised in Florida. I was born in Florida. I'm a diehard Bucks fan. Now, I root for the Bucs. I love the Bucs. So it, it would be really silly of me to root for a different team, a lesser team, like the Browns or the Steelers or the Ravens. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, you think we're, I think we're in Ohio or something. So we, it makes sense when we think about it in sports terms, but we do the same thing with God. We say, God, you're most high. I will follow you. I will build my life upon you until tomorrow. Then tomorrow, well, we'll see what happens. We have to speak El Elyon sometimes to step back and go, is he most high? Sometimes it's, yeah, that's why. God is sustaining me because I'm being blessed because he is most high. Sometimes it's, oh, I, I had my priority out of alignment. So Elan helps us recognize, 
helps us trust him, and it helps us uh, keep our priorities straight. So in youth group, uh, when we finish, Pastor Aaron gives us some questions to dis- discuss with our tables before we finish. And I'm just going to leave you with a few questions. Maybe you want to talk about this at lunch afterwards or with your family, with your friends, maybe with God, maybe just with yourself. These questions are, what does God mean to you? If we can't describe God, we can't define him, and we can't put a reason on why we follow him, then why are we following him? Is God El Elyon to you? Does that make sense? Is, does El Elyon click with who, oh yeah, that is, that is one of the ways I see God. How have you seen God or El Elyon moving in your life? How have you seen his hand as El Elyon or as just however you define God in your life? And the last is what is most high in your life? What are you keeping in the place of El Elyon? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Logan. Those questions, those are fantastic. I, I'm, my favorite one of those, and uh, it's not, like he said, it's not because these were ones that I gave the students, but just the, the challenge of what is, what is most high in my life? Am I, am, I, uh, am I keeping that central and focused? Maybe this doesn't happen with you, but often with me is, is I can feel like God is most high, and I can answer that pretty easily after a great Sunday morning, and, and uh, that, that's pretty awesome. But um, maybe, it's, maybe there's been some big challenges. Uh, maybe this is a, an anniversary or near an anniversary of uh, the loss of a loved one. And, and, and we begin to, we can sometimes feel that, that shake where I need to, you know, I need to be in charge. I need to be in control. Job isn't going the way I want. Relationships aren't going the way I want. Um, for me, a lot of times I find out it's like the little things that just kind of like chip away, just kind of the little peck, 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 peck. And, and then I feel this frustration where I go, all right, I need to step in and take control. And asking that question, for me, that is so helpful. What is most high in my life? Where am I putting my, uh, my confidence and my trust? So uh, the next uh, name that we're going to be uh, discussing this morning is Adonai. Uh, there's a Hebrew name, Adonai, and we actually, uh, one of my favorite things, and it's just so neat to see God's um, creativity and strategy in Scripture that uh, Logan was sharing with us, El Elyon, and we see that in Genesis chapter 14. Adonai takes place in Genesis chapter 15. And the final name that we'll, we will discuss here in a few more minutes is El Roy, and that is Genesis chapter 16. So back to back to back chapters in Scripture, God is revealing himself to his people, showing who he is, and he starts with being most high. And then we move into Adonai, who he is. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 2, it says, But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, What good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you have given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. And the name that he spoke there that we translate into sovereign Lord was the the name Adonai. And it means Lord and Master. Adonai means Lord and Master. And it's not for us to be like, hey, God, you're Adonai. Just want to remind you, you're Lord and Master of all things in case you forgot. It's for us. For us to remember that we are to yield, surrender, submit, and be subservient to the one who is most high and Lord and master over us and all that God has allowed us to have for this lifetime. And so 
So when we see Abram saying Adonai, he is concerned for these things that he has been promised. God has promised him that he would have many children. He would have all these descendants, all of this stuff, and it hasn't happened yet. And so he's reminding himself while declaring to God simultaneously that he is Adonai, Lord and Master of all that Abram has, which is great wealth, and he's concerned for it, but it's first God's, and then crying out to the Lord and Master. So there's just this duality that takes place in just speaking this word, and it's a neat thing of knowing one of those names of God, knowing who he is in this description. And so the name Adonai is actually a verbal parallel to the names that we already know, Yahweh and Jehovah. You may be more familiar with some of those. Uh, I think I remember an old 80s worship song that had like Adonai in it a bunch. I don't, you might remember that one. That's kind of struck in my brain just in this moment. I was like, wait, this does sound familiar. Um, but, but we have this parallel to Yahweh and Jehovah with this name. And then here's another really cool thing. I, I geek out about this stuff because God does cool stuff just in his name. Adonai is actually a plural name. And since God is triune, since he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Adonai encompasses those three parts of God while declaring that he is Lord and Master. So we have for us in English a couple of sentences to try and define what this one word means in the Hebrew language. And that's why it's been fun for us in, in the youth ministry on Tuesday nights for us to be able to kind of have this rolling series that we've been doing every couple of months. Uh, I'll, I'll research another name and we'll study it together with the students and then be like, hey, let's, let's try and pray this way. Let's try and pray this name over our situation. Let's try and pray this name, this Adonai, this reminder that he is Lord and Master. And that it's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Tuesday thing. It's not just a, when, you know, the song hits right in the, you know, on the radio in the car and you're like, yeah, that's it. That's my worship jam, right? It's all the time, Lord and Master, supreme over all. So there's a, there's a couple of questions. I like to ask questions to just try and get me to, like, refocus, okay? Because sometimes just having the answer or having somebody tell me the answer doesn't always help me, but giving me something to chew on later and to continue to ponder on. So here's a couple of questions. If we're talking about Adonai being Lord and Master, if he is Lord and Master, can I give him a day? Well, I mean, we're all here on, on Sunday, so, yeah, sure, you guys Check that off. You're welcome. You already get to check something off your list today. All right? If he is Lord and Master, should I give him only one day? Oh, well, there's more than a day in a week, and I've got Monday through Saturday. Sunday is pretty easy to do because sometimes we just kind of follow our family or whatever. But can I give him more? Should I can I give him more than just one day? If he is Lord and Master, then are not all my days his? Right? If he's really my Adonai, then are not all my days his? If he is Lord and Master, then who do I think I am making his days about me and my will? If he is my Lord and Master, who do I think I am making his days about me and my will? So when we look at, when we look at the significance of 
a name. And Logan did such a great job in this that we have these descriptors. We have this, these character qualities that are shown of, of who he is, of who God is. That we're, we're reminded that it's not just, it's not just a, a label or a title, but it, is, it defines God and reminds us. And so another great reminder for us in the significance of a name is in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. It says, can anything separate us from the love Christ has for us? Can troubles or problems or sufferings or hunger or nakedness or danger or violent death? As it is written in the scriptures, for you, we are, for you, we are in danger of death all the time. People think we are worth no more than sheep to be killed. But in all these things, we are completely victorious through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is Adonai. That is Lord and Master. There is nothing. And then David does such a great job in communicating who God is and in using this language of being Lord and Master in Psalm chapter 16, verse 2. It says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Every good thing I have comes from you. So when we declare Adonai, when we speak that name, we are aligning ourselves with a God who is above and beyond all things, reminding ourselves that we are submissive and, that, and celebrating that every good thing that we have comes from Adonai, from Lord and Master, our God who loves us. And that, that, that flows so nicely and easily into our final name uh, this morning is Elroy. Now, that's not Leroy, okay? We're talking Elroy, all right? So make sure you spell that properly. But Elroy, again, is a Hebrew name, and this means the God who sees me. The God who sees me. And uh, we're going to be looking at a passage in this in Genesis chapter 16, and, I'm, and then in a few minutes I'm going to throw a bunch of references at you, and I will repeat those a few times. But Elroy also can be translated as shepherd, as seeing, looking, and gazing. That God, he sees us, and he is our shepherd, but he's observing, he's looking, he's gazing upon us. If you've ever, if you've ever had the great privilege of, of holding a little one, I got to, I got to hold uh, my two twin nieces this weekend when they were visiting us, and they are just itty-bitty, tiny, adorable little, right? You just love them, love them to pieces. You just want to kiss all over them. And they are so stinking cute. And when I'm, when I'm holding them, I'm looking upon them, I'm gazing at them. And, and as much as I love them, their parents, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they gaze upon them in a very different way, in a way that the Father gazes upon us, that he looks upon us, he shepherds us, he, he sees us. He sees us when we, can, when we can celebrate something. He sees us when things feel like they're falling completely apart. But he's there, and he sees us. And so in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, it says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. So you may be wondering, who is this she that is mentioned? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's a very astute question. I'm proud of all of you. 
gold stars for everybody. This is in Genesis chapter 15. We have a little bit more of the story or the pre-story taking place where we have Abram and Sarai before they become Abraham and Sarah. They have been promised, as we read before, this, all this great wealth would be inherited by their children and they would have all these descendants and God was going to start his nation through them and yet it hasn't happened. And so as sometimes we have the tendency to do as people, we say, you know what, God's running out of time. He needs my help. I need to fix this for him. That, that poor Lord upon the throne of all things is exhausted or, what, you know, and whatever reason we may be, we're like, don't worry, God, I got this. And he's like, this isn't going to go well. And, and so that's what happens in this scenario. We have Abram who's saying, I'm old and I don't have any kids. And Sarai who's saying, I'm old and I can't have kids. And then they're, she's frustrated, he's frustrated, they're looking around and she goes, wait, Abram, I've got this maidservant. I've got a great idea. And Abram's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so we end up with this, this problematic love triangle that takes place because Hagar, the maidservant, ends up pregnant. And this is what apparently they wanted. And then Hagar's upset with Sarai because Sarai is treating her poorly. Sarai is upset with Hagar because she's pregnant and she couldn't be. And they're both upset with Abraham. And Abraham's just confused and frustrated as well. And what's going on? And so there becomes all this turmoil. And Hagar's like, peace out, homies. I'm leaving. And she leaves. That's the, the original text is how that goes. And so she flees and she goes into the wilderness and while she's there, she's, she's in anguish. She's frustrated. She's a, a pregnant woman and feeling discarded. Things, this is not what she would have chosen, I would imagine. And yet, there's been this promise to Abram to take care of his descendants. And, and in this passage, the she that is mentioned is Hagar. And the angel of the Lord shows up. This is the first time since the garden where the angel of the Lord, God, shows up. Two people on earth, and it is Hagar, a discarded, used maidservant running away in the wilderness. That's when God shows up. That's the one that he shows up to as the angel of the Lord, and he lets her know, I see you. I have a plan for you. This may seem like it is far beyond you, but it is not far beyond me. Because previously, he had just revealed himself as Adonai. And before that, as El Elyon, God Most High. And now he is revealing to her, I see you. That is the God that we are seeing. That is the God that we are learning about as he reveals himself to his people. This is an attribute, a quality, a character of who he is. He is a God who sees us. And so... So you may feel at times like, like Hagar. Maybe, maybe with uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, it, it feels a little bit like, God, I, I don't think anybody else sees me. I'm mourning. I'm still grieving. Family doesn't get along and things are going, going south faster than I can, I can try and put it back together. 
Elroy shows up in those moments. I am not saying that that means that every single thing all becomes, as Pastor Ken says so well, cupcakes and unicorns. But if God is there and if God is seeing me and Scripture says that he is, then it is up to me to say, Adonai, Lord and Master, have your way. I need you. I need you. And so here's, here, I want to share a few passages with you that are encouraging to me. And uh, if you want to write these down, jot these down real quick, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat them, but I want to also read them to you as well. So we have 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, the first part of that verse. It says, The Lord searches all the earth for people who have given themselves completely to him. He wants to make them strong. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Our next verse is Psalm 11, verse 4. The Lord in his holy temple, the Lord sits on his throne in heaven. He sees what people do. He keeps his eye on them. Next one, Psalm chapter 33, verses 13 through 15. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees every person. From his throne, he watches all who live on earth. He made their hearts and understands everything they do. Psalm 34, verse 15. The Lord sees the good people and listens to their prayers. And then the last one here is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all the world can be hidden from God. Everything is clear and lies open before him. And to him, we must explain the way we have lived. I'm thankful that nothing is hidden from God. Because there is so much that I don't know and I don't understand and I can't comprehend. And to be encouraged that he sees and to be encouraged that he knows what's going on and that he is observing, that he is gazing, that he is shepherding, that he is Lord and Master, that he is Most High. There's nothing too big for my God. What, what, a, what a blessing. What a great reminder. And it's, and it's just three of his names. This is only three. So I'm, I am encouraged when I see this. So, so what is this? Why does all this matter? Like, you know, kind of the, the so what behind all of this. Well, we, we sing a song here at Journey. It's one of my, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it, it talks about that we speak the name of Jesus. We speak Jesus over our family. We speak Jesus over, over all things, right? But we sing this song, and man, it just it stirs my heart. And it reminds me, it reminds me of uh, when I was a kid. And maybe some of you had uh, moms with like the, uh, the, the auto seat belt, right? When, when, they're, when they're driving, the auto seat wow, right? It's, it's fine when, you know, when you're a little bit taller, when you're shorter, it's kind of a, a throat chop. Like, Mom, I was okay until you, you punched me in the throat. But when, but when my mom would do that, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this, Mom, if you're watching online, you're a great driver. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that she was a bad driver. But we lived in Wisconsin for a while, and uh, if you've ever been up there, they don't actually have roads. They're just blocks of ice with, like, grit on top. And, and so it just, everything looks all flat and white. And I remember we would be driving and we had this big old car and then the front bumper wanted to turn around and look at the back bumper. And when that happened, mom would be like, 
and I'd had, I had my second seatbelt all of a sudden just right there. And she would start speaking the name of Jesus. That's, that's what I grew up experiencing. I knew that when the auto seatbelt came out, so was the name of Jesus. She was praying, Jesus, 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 as the car's spinning around. And so when we, when we see this, when we see these names, for me, it is an encouragement. For me, it is a reminder that, yes, I speak the name of Jesus, but also when I am feeling alone and in a dark place, I can speak the name El Roy, and it reminds me that my God sees me. That when I begin to think I've got everything under control, Adonai, help me. Remember, you are my Lord and Master. And when it all feels like it's all falling apart, and everything that I've done, and I feel like I've tried to follow all of the rules and do all the right things, and it seems way too big for me, El Elyon steps in because he is most high. And so, yes, I speak the name of Jesus. And so my challenge for you is that maybe take one of these names and, and pray that over your family. Pray that over your situation. Maybe it is this desperation in this time of, of the holidays where there can be some grieving. God, I just need to know that you see me. I just need to know that you see me. I know that was, from what we see in Scripture, that was Hagar's desperation. God, I just need to be seen. And Elroy shows up in a big way, a big way. And so that's, that's why we, we spent this time this morning going through El Elyon, Adonai, and El Roy. So that we can have in our prayer repertoire this reminder of who God is. This confidence in being able to step into his presence. Speak his name. Speak his attributes. Speak his character over our situation. So if you would please stand with me this morning. bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are, if you are in this room and you are saying, and that, that sounds kind of nice, but I, I don't, I don't know this, this Jesus. I don't know this God that you speak of who is most high, who's Lord and master, who sees me. I want to know this person. If that's you, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, I would love to introduce you to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than just raise your hand. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, just raise your hand. Okay, I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? You can put your hand back down once you've raised it. I see you. Thank you. sees you in your in your desperation for him. So what I would like all of us to do is, is to pray this prayer after me. This is not a special formula, but this is just the scripture tells us that we we surrender to him, we, we acknowledge that he is God, and we ask him to forgive us. So if you would please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your son. Thank you for dying for my sins. I recognize that you are God most high. Be with me, Jesus. Help me to follow you. In your holy name, amen. 
before you go today, if you have prayed this prayer for the first time, Pastor Ken mentioned those connect cards. Uh, there's, a, there's a box where you can say you, you've accepted Jesus or you've reaffirmed your relationship with Jesus. Please, we would love to be able to partner with you, pray with you, disciple you in your walk with Jesus, that we don't, we don't do this alone, we don't do this all by ourselves. But this week, may, may you know that God sees you in everything. May you be encouraged to know that he is your Lord and master. And may you see God move as most high in your life. God bless you. We love you. If you need prayer, we're going to have our prayer partners up front. Have a wonderful rest of your week.